How long have you guys been working on this game, by the way? This is your oh, since like forever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, we started working on it September 2019. Okay, that was like right uh, so we directly after your last game came out, right? Yeah, okay. exactly. So we kind of dropped that game mm -hmm. and kind of patched it up, you know. So we were patching at the same time as we were developing. Yeah, and you guys are kind of a smaller um, team too, so. Oh yeah, and yeah, and there, there's been some changes in the team over time as well, and that's also something when you're, when you're just a few people, mm -hmm. you know, one person that changes yeah, it's makes a lot of difference. Good, yeah. It's like twenty five percent of our staff just left. <laughs> wow, how many? One. Uh, man, <laughs> like, that's wild. Yeah. Um, Is this like the biggest you go, game you've made so far to this point, or by far? Holy gee, holy dear mother of Jesus! It's uh, yeah, it's been. It's a big one, man. The concept behind the game, right? So, Gory, I haven't seen anything like this on the market ever. I mean, it's a very unique title. The The animation is unique. The gameplay, everything in between. You playing as this cat fighting a bunch of crazy looking unicorns and evil toys. So, where did the where did the idea come from? I can't say that the idea came from one solid place. It wasn't really like, you know, oh, I have this amazing idea. Um, Gory Cuddly Carnage kind of evolved over time from... Like, from a team effort so we had like a core idea of gameplay mm -hmm. uh, before we did horror games and the horror games we made were very based on a theme so we had this theme and you know it had this story and it had all of these things but one thing that we we were always kind of you know, struggling with was gameplay mechanics. You know, how do we integrate gameplay mechanics in this? So mm -hmm. this time we were like, okay, so let's start out with gameplay, a, a gameplay mechanic that kind of sounds fun, right? Yeah. And when we had that mechanic, we started evolving it, you know, developing the actual mechanics. So we had one idea and that kind of, you know, just turned into another idea, which kind of moved into a third one and so forth. And when we had a, a mechanic that we tested on a convention and it, you know, it's that's a really old demo. So uh, it, it's probably out there somewhere. <laughs> it's uh, Henrik Andersen's Extreme Hoverboarding. Okay. It's probably out there somewhere in the ether. <laughs> but that was a super early. It, it took us like three weeks to just kind of punch it together. Mm -hmm. uh, when when we knew which mechanic we wanted to use, that's when we started to like we started with the world building. Mm -hmm. okay. And you know, how how is it going to look? So uh, who, who's going to be the main? What's the main character going to be like? And and you know, also what do we want to do? Mm -hmm. Like. Like, what kind of graphical style do we want and such so it, it kind of just evolved kind of itself mm. it, just, it, it took a life on its own with kind of us just fueling it so that's kind of where how it all kind of turned into what it is today yeah. with the last two games you had you'd mentioned they're very very you know they're focused on the horror aspect of it all yeah so mm -hmm. this game being you know much more heavily driven by gameplay there had to be a pretty big learning curve going from you know story driven horror to something like this itself so what was kind of the curve there for you guys the learning curve was it's been i can't say it's been steep <laughs> It's been like the peak of the mountain has been very high, mm -hmm. but it's been like a long, 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 long uphill mm -hmm. kind of thing. So we kind of dove right into it and we were like, this is great. This is amazing. And then we tried it with people and then it's like, oh, this doesn't work at all. Why? Why isn't it working? Mm -hmm. And then we and, and then we started looking at, you know, and I started looking at specifically as one of the design, like the, the lead designer of the game. I started to look at other hack and slash games. Like, what do they do? How come Devil May Cry? works so perfectly mm. but gory doesn't yeah. and you know just comparing the two so it's been 
an extremely long uphill and and uh, we always bite off more than we could chew mm. so to speak we always make jokes about that it's like you know what we're we're, we're five people let's do something that <laughs> this this 40 40 person team did let's do the exact same thing yeah. uh, but with gory we really outdid ourselves in breaking our backs uh, but it's been a lot of trial and error you know fortunately we've had the the luxury of actually uh, messing up a lot of times and uh, just redoing things as you know when, when, when we learn like boss battles we make a boss battle that that, that didn't work at all it's like oh i was certain it was going to work but it didn't and now we have to remake it with a new idea and you know it always turns out better but sometimes it can be kind of frustrating and kind of um uh, you know it's a, kind of a hit to morale it's like you know we just put like four days into this thing and now we have to redo it <laughs> was the first iteration of the game you know the hoverboard is a big part of this game right now was that always part of it or was it something you added on later yeah it was always part of it oh no it's always been a part of it okay. that was kind of the that's where everything started okay with the hoverboarding action it's like we we looked at a lot of games really early on like airblade mm. one of the old early 2000 2000s games we also checked a lot of tony hawk's pro skater devil may cry and we're like how can we how can we uh, like combine airblade and tony hawk's pro skater and devil may cry into one game <laughs> and we also actually also looked at fortnite okay. and they have some pretty neat they actually have some neat um hoverboarding action going on in that game as well it's just like a little side thing it's not a, not a big deal but to us it was a really big deal we were like fortnite hoverboarding videos go youtube so it's always been the core mechanic yeah. you're on a hoverboard and you fight stuff you'd mentioned you know some of the different elements in the very beginning they didn't work and you had to just kind of throw them out can you touch on some of the different stuff you wanted to have in this game that just didn't end up being in there uh, overall all things that we wanted mm -hmm. as it sits today are in there it's just that we had to remake them gotcha. for example like we have boss battles mm -hmm. so we have this boss battle and you know where we were like certain that you know this is gonna be so cool let's make it and let's put put all our effort into this mm -hmm. and then we when it's done and it's like you know or at least it's not completely done you know but it's in a block out phase yeah. you know all of the platforms are there and the creature is moving around and you're fighting it and it's just so like this did not play as i thought at all mm -hmm. all right and 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 it's unsalvageable it's just it's, it just won't work and so and then we well, it's okay just have to come up with a new design and uh, redo it so all the things you know just you know, to make a long answer short <laughs> all the things are there we just kind of had to either remake the the gameplay or fiddle with it a little bit to actually make it fit and make it you know fun to play so what's kind of mm -hmm. the challenge in level design when you're faced with something like that especially with you have the skateboard so there's a level of you know yeah. you can go up you can go forward so there's a lot of emphasis on kind of expanding the world but then it's also linear so you need to be able to progress quickly so how do you balance all of that together i'm not gonna lie it's been very difficult <laughs> it's like there are so many things in regular hack and slash games uh, where you're able to use a normal human being's limitations to your advantage mm -hmm. uh, for example you know from a game design perspective there's the the fact that you know during combat while you're fighting something while you're bashing something you're open to attack mm -hmm. and when you're not fighting you have the advantage of moving so you know you have to kind of balance those things in gameplay where you like if i fight them i'm vulnerable to attack and you know if i don't fight them they can't fight me but 
you know, we're in a stalemate kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in Gory, you can kind of fight and move. Uh, so it's pretty much, we kind of sat with this scenario with enemy design, gameplay design, uh, that my, our main character is so extremely overpowered. It's mm-hmm. just ridiculous. It's like, if we put this character towards like any other character, our character would probably beat them, you know, in gameplay wise, because we didn't design him with any weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, how do we combat? How do we conquer our own uh, overpowered main It's like facing Superman. Yeah. It's like, what do we do? And we had to kind of invent kryptonite stuff. Nope. So so it's kind of been a lot, not reinventing the wheel, mm. but kind of tweaking the wheel to work with something that is that is this evil, crazy concoction of like a bunch of stressed out indie game developers. <laughs> is that what drove you to kind of horde based combat? Because that kind of is a buffer to that where you have a ton of different AI coming at your at your character all at once. So it forces you to be a little bit more thoughtful with how you approach your combat. Like the horde based stuff, that's more from the beginning where we're like we should just be able to chop up okay. everything. Yeah, no, no, it kind of stemmed from this vision mm. of just carnage, yeah. you know, cuddly carnage, mm. like with these cute things, just getting, getting chopped into pieces. And there's like, there's just so much blood. <laughs> That's where it's like, we just want to ride our hoverboard into this crowd of unicorns, like a truck. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where the uh, the horde stuff came from. Yeah. And then the hordes kind of turned into our base enemy, okay. like from a, from a design perspective. So we kind of had them similar to the most basic enemy from Devil May Cry, or uh, let's see here, it was another game. It's uh, Dishonored have these like, you know, creatures that just kind of grabs you. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And that's about, yeah. all they do, mm-hmm. um, or enemies that just grabs you. So it's like the most basic enemy kind of thing. You're, you're, this one, this enemy is just made to be mashed up by the player. It's not supposed to be any challenge at all. Okay. But once you throw other creatures in there mm-hmm. that have other qualities, and these basic enemies mm-hmm. kind of turn into a threat. Okay. So that's kind of how we yeah. how we work with with the enemies and, and such. To, and that's also to keep the gameplay interesting. And like my one of my main goals uh, with the enemies is kind of that when I have this plot. And when I add this chip to the pot, it kind of changes. Okay. <laughs> you know, the, the, the whole changes yeah. with each element added into the, the combat. And also, like, how many, like, if you have one or two of them, it turns into a completely different mechanic. So that's been one of the challenges with, you know, it, since it uh, it is a linear game. Well, if it was an open world game, it would probably still be the same challenge. But it is like, you know, racing the challenge uh, at, a, at a good pace mm. <laughs> as, as well well as keeping it interesting as well like you know making it more more exciting also in a good pace like we can't go from z- zero to a hundred the first thing we do and have nowhere to go kind of thing yeah so with the game world itself is is it impacted by how the player attacks his enemies is like you'd mentioned replayability so if he hacks and slashes a certain area and can he destroy a certain part of the map and then come back and that impacts how he progresses further in that sense or is more focused on the enemies themselves and for Gory Cuddly Carnage, you know, as, a, as the kind of, it, it is a bit strange, but uh, it's still a hack and slash game. Follows the the standard hack and slash formula. You, you go through this level, you have this many enemies, mm. and what you want is the points. You want the style points. Okay. So it's kind of like, you know, the maps won't change. They will stay the same. And that's also to, you know, to keep it fair because you are, you have to be able to go through every round and it has 
has to be consistent. Mm. You know, it would be super unfair in, for example, Devil May Cry if there were 10 enemies yeah. or 20 enemies or 30 enemies. So especially if you want, if you want to compare scores. Uh, with other people or like you know if you want the triple s uh, ranking you know you have to feel that you know it's kind of fair mm -hmm. and you, you can redo it and you get better points and you get you know bigger trophies and you get more cash so you can buy more things kind okay. of thing so it's pretty much more of that approach you know the standard hack linear game hack and slash approach where it's like oh you're gonna f here, here you're gonna face 15 enemies uh, if you're really good you're gonna get a uh, hundred thousand points but if you're not you're gonna get like ten thousand points i have to ask with this game one of the things that popped out to me when i was trying to reference or, or take another game and say hey it's kind of like you know an experience <laughs> you have in this one one thing yeah. that came to mind was sunset overdrive you know the points where you get when you do your like i guess trick kills stuff like that would that be a fair comparison in a way you know trying to compare like how you gain points in that game to how you gain points in this game things like that well to a certain degree absolutely mm -hmm. sunset overdrive was and still is uh, a huge inspiration for us in in the gameplay in the way that the developers kind of built in these hidden features in the controllers that just makes the gameplay seem really responsive but you know the game does some things for you but you don't even notice uh, there's a lot of smart stuff there there if you analyze the controllers which is amazing also the the particle effect you know whether it's it has to be like this pop and it's just wham mm -hmm. and stuff like that yeah. it's just really cool it has this has this cartoony feel to it mm -hmm. so that is a huge inspiration but sunset overdrive is more open world you know you go around and you kind of traverse the world in this specific parkour gameplay yeah it's instead uh, you know also gameplay but but the the main inspirations, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, early design of the game. Mm -hmm. But when we started to kind of figure out where the game was going, the main inspirations of the game was uh, Sunset Overdrive, of course, you know, with, come on, it, it has this, you can grind around and you fight stuff, which is really cool. And it has this really cool aesthetic to it with the particle effects mm -hmm. and, and, and such things. But there's also like a little bit of the humor to it, yeah. like, you know, where, where, where the kind of, you know, it runs towards you and trips and explodes and stuff like that it's kind of it's it's kind of it's funny in a crude way <laughs> and then there's uh we also took a lot of inspiration from alice madness returns okay because that game the enemies from that game yeah. are just so memorable mm -hmm. like it's not in uh, there there are so many games out there where you like you face hordes of enemies but you'll never remember one yeah or maybe the last boss but mostly it's just it's just you know oh maybe it's soldier a or soldier b uh, you know the dog creature which dog creature you know the one that's blue yeah. uh, alice manners returns really had this like you know i when you think back to it, it's like oh you have the ogres with teacups mm -hmm. and then there's a huge card soldier with a huge axe and then there's the guy with floaty hands yep. and you know so you, you have these memories because they're you know they, they kind of just stick they, they stick to your memory mm -hmm. because they're odd but in a good way like not odd as in i can't place what this is yeah uh, and, and then there's devil may cry of course with the combat like you know, how to play the game to get the scores get the combos and, and such things so so the, those those three games uh, kind of came in as main inspirations like in late pre-production mm -hmm. phase kind of thing. How much can you really use the hoverboard to kind of, you know, go up and down in, in the map? Is there like a lot of height to it or is it more focused on kind of progressing forward as opposed to going up and around your, your levels? Most levels are, they have the forward momentum, mm -hmm. but when it comes to the battle arenas or the platforming, that's when the verticality comes in okay. kind of thing. A combat arena, so to speak, like a gladiator 
arena. Like, you know, we, we take the player, we throw them in there, and they and then we kind of throw waves waves of enemies at them. Yeah. Uh, during during this time, it, it is perfect timing to have like ranged enemies on balconies, for example. Okay. You know, that's a really good thing. Also, because you're really fast, but you're not faster than a bullet. Mm. So that's kind of like one of the things like, okay, what do we do? We have this this really, really fast character. It's like, okay, what but we just but what about a machine gun? Mm. Like, you know, it's like pew 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 pew. And it's like then you have to kind of navigate and that turns into a uh, first first off it's it's a thing to kind of always to push the player to never stand still. Mm-hmm. You always have to move around yeah. to avoid being attacked. Uh, so talking about like verticality, um, there is, hopefully you get to try it out later, there's going to be some really cool mechanics that are, you know, hoverboard based with a little bit of imagination to it. Uh, you know, there's no real hoverboards in the world. You know, people can't tell us how a hoverboard works. <laughs> <laughs> Our kind of sprouts knives and hammers and such, so we can do kind of whatever we want with it. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, Nobody can tell us I was like that's not how a hoverboard works. <laughs> like, yes, it is. <laughs> you mentioned the uh, the arenas. Is that part of your? Is that mm. part of your levels, or is that a separate mode? Kind of, how does that play into the game world? It's a part of our levels. Okay. Um, an important part to us when it comes to combat is that you know we can't just have, have combat. You, we can't have the combat in Gory Cutler Carnage on flat ground. Mm. That just doesn't fly. Really, we have to kind of go further and in incorporating. The the actual level design into the combat itself because it's also movement based mm. like you know just standing still is a big sin in this game <laughs> so um things will try to kill you if you stand still mm-hmm. uh, so we want the player to move but then movement has to be fun and it has to be fluid so that's when that's kind of where the combat arena design really plays in okay with a game like this one thing that jumps out to me is i would imagine that the last two games you made they were very mm-hmm. they were very focused on kind of a story as you progressed yeah. right because they're horror mm-hmm. you know they're the narrative yeah. so with with this game specifically, it's so focused on that fast-paced combat and kind of the chaotic mm-hmm. element and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Is a story a really big part of this? Is this something that's going to be part of the game in like a major way? Is it just kind of going to be a side note? Is there a story at all? Kind of How does that play into the game? As it sits today, there is a story to the game. Mm-hmm. The story is kind of optional. Okay. So... We'll have cutscenes, we'll have, you know, a lot of things, but we also respect the, you know, we respect players that just want this game because I just want to kill things. Mm-hmm. I do not care about story. Yeah. If you're one of them people that skips the cutscenes and then complains about the story, <laughs> then let's have a discussion. But if you just don't care, you just want gameplay. I'm a gameplay, gameplay based gamer. I don't like cutscenes. You know, that story crap is for somebody else. You know, that's completely up to you. So we kind of have the approach to the game that it's nice if you want to look at our grand vistas and if you want to look at our cool cutscenes, mm-hmm. but we won't force you if you don't want to look at them yeah. at them you know so there are cutscenes there so there is a ton of story in this game yeah uh, we've built this entire universe also because you know i'm uh i kind of i'm a writer as well mm-hmm. so you know that doesn't help when the designer of the game is also a writer <laughs> uh, and i've been working together with two other writers uh on this project in in making the whole universe kind of alive okay. uh, that's that's a big goal um for the entire team is that the, the everything that's in the game is kind of part of the story like this whole this whole universe is you know it exists for real somewhere else this is like an, uh, an alternate dimension or whatever mm. uh, and i think that 
you know, in, in thinking of a game like that, that everything is actually a part of our reality, everything is alive. Uh, I think that's a, that's a good way of actually kind of falling in love with the game, so to speak, as a, as a developer. You know, Gory is real. So what would Gory want? Mm. Because it's a real cat. Yeah. So what would, a, what would a real cat... Well, it's not a real cat. You know, mm. it's, a, it's a synthetically made cat Just, kind of thing. You know, there's a whole story there. Yeah. But, you know, that, that also makes for better decisions in certain cutscenes for example like just the small things like okay so it's this cat he loves the alcoholsome drink as mm. we say we have our own brands that we kind of more like not our own brands but we have this these fictional brands yeah. that we kind of have ads for in the game okay with like alcoholsome uh, like uh, the alcohol that gives you friends or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything all the ads are just supposed to be asshole horrible as possible it's like oh oh you want oh drink the soda and you'll lose weight and you might lose your kidneys mm. but you don't care we don't care it's like this evil corporation <laughs> thought you know uh, for for everything so yeah i'm kind of guess kind of running with that note because i i love the universe of gory yeah um but it does have a, a story and it really deepens as you go okay for for the players that just don't want the shallow gameplay like we all really want that the player can bond and kind of grow to love the characters mm. you know because they they get to know them and they get to know their you know their backstory and if we get to know the universe and and oh my god the main character wants this thing i also want that thing i kind of sympathize with the main characters yeah. kind of thing so there's there's a lot of story i, I say that there's actually an equal amount of story if not more in gory cuddly carnage in comparison to our previous games for the people that wants it mm -hmm. and you know in comparison to our previous games you kind of can't skip the cutscenes, but in this one you can so like if you want it there is a lot to kind of puzzle together when you approach writing the story for this game or for any game really i guess for this one yeah. more specifically because the other ones it was not an optional element you said you know yeah. it's a major part of every aspect of the universe so when yeah. you started building this game was the story <clears throat> the first thing you tackled or was it something that came after you started to kind of envision the levels and the characters and things like that like which comes first when you're trying to envision how you create this game in this case the story came after okay we actually never intended it to have a story okay. we were like you know this game is going to be super simple to make mm -hmm. we're just going to do gameplay and it's going to be really easy it's going to be you know not as not at all as hard as making the horror games mm -hmm. it's going to be a piece of cake right oh we were so wrong this uh, this turned out into the biggest beast we've ever we've ever tackled uh, and that's kind of where the story came into the picture as well i'm not really sure if we or the game wanted a story i can't really i don't really know how it started mm. but somebody said this needs a story but if it was the devs or the game that said it i can't really tell i, I don't remember unfortunately <laughs> so with that kind of talk to me about you know the game has gory obviously but then he has his hoverboard yep. and then you have this yep. ai character with you so yep. talk to me about them a little bit and kind of yep. how they work together and all that element. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much, though. You know, you have to play the game to get the backstory. <laughs> <laughs> or you watch your favorite streamer if you just want some of the story, as as many people do. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to, if you want to kill stuff, you have to do it yourself. Mm. <laughs> 
Um, that's the year. So there's uh, our three heroes and the three heroes. It's, it's a really funny story. Uh, it's a really long story as well with like how they turned into what they are today. Mm-hmm. I am the creator of many of the uh, the story elements it was like together we said that it's a hover but you know it's a hoverboard yeah that's what we came up with as a team and i was like okay but this hoverboard is a person you know it talks it has emotions you know it has its thing so i envision these characters and and, and this universe just as in uh, absolove uh, end of gone's like you know just creating creating this universe it's pretty much me with oh there's so many sticky notes yeah and uh, there's just a ton of sticky notes and and you know i had these a2 size papers mm-hmm. and i taped them together and i lie them on the lie them out on the floor in my apartment and i have sticky notes with events and things and i kind of make this you know in this meme like you know where, where from uh, it's always something in philadelphia where he has this board with red I strings exactly and he's like it's all about, connected yeah. it's all connected that's pretty much me in the in the early stages of making you know a universe mm-hmm. and um it's just something that i really enjoy it's something i think is really fun just world building overall so gory frank and chip in short they are rejected toys mm-hmm. right so in th- there's this world right where software is kind of beating up the toy market okay. wow could you imagine that uh, uh, <laughs> could you imagine right where kids play apps instead of playing with games mm-hmm. so uh, the toy makers or the toy manufacturers have to kind of think differently. You know, they have to be more extreme. They have to compete with software, okay. uh, uh, you know, for, for, for the public's attention. And uh, that's uh, our cool toys um, manufacturer. And they make extreme toys for extreme children or something. Mm-hmm. So we, we took a lot of inspiration from actual toys that have been banned, yeah. like, you know, lawn darts and, and like glass making ovens. It's like little nuclear reactors or whatever. Uh, but like really dangerous toys for kids we were like we looked at the real things and like oh this thing has maimed and killed 200 children before it was banned it's like holy shit all right that's frank (laughs) so so they're making these extreme toys and it's kind of a hit and miss kind of thing where it's like they made gory but gory has you know he's not cuddly enough you know he he has a lot of will to it okay so this prototype turned into a really willful sourpuss we can't manufacture this we have to make something else and then they and and frank of course he didn't reach production because come on it's it's a hoverboard with knives Mm. you know you know at first it was like this uh, vision of a hoverboard where it's like oh you get these cardboard uh cutouts that you can write out write around and cut up into tiny pieces Mm. but never ever cut anything else but these cardboard pieces and it's like yeah sure cardboard pieces yeah 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 it's like bb guns Mm. only shoot bb guns at the target you got with the bb gun it's like yeah sure Mm. sure kids are never going to shoot anything else but that specific target i am certain of that you know (laughs) 12 years old i'm never going to shoot anything else Uh, so that's kind of this the like short story of frank and and then ship is like it's a really hyper intelligent ai Mm. and what what happens usually in sci-fi movies when something turns hyper intelligent either it wants to kill all humans or it turns you know self-aware and you know with the being self-aware and super intelligence and stuff stuff like that it, it turns really really sad okay. so chip is really really sad he turned really really sad so it's kind of uh, these three like you know a, a really willful um kind of doll creature uh super dangerous and really you know uh, profanity filled hoverboard and this super depressed ai were all rejected toys and they kind of 
they found a home together Mm -hmm. and kind of turned into like this situation where they kind of turn into brothers, not by blood, but, you know, by circumstance. Yeah. Okay. And so that's a that's a really that's a really funny thing. You know, everything in the game is like or most thing, not everything, but most things are like inspired from people or events um kind of in my life Mm. so i kind of like you know and and that thing where three people from like three rejects or whatever kind of come together and they um, they make a you know kind of you know they turn into family by by circumstance that's uh, that's uh that's something that i'm really like passionate about overall touch on the gameplay for me right talk to me about you you kind of mentioned some of the different things the hoverboard brings in (laughs) briefly go over what players can expect what the game is going to deliver you know it's fast-paced combat so what is going to be available for them to use and just Mm -hmm. how how is it going to evolve as the game goes on how are Mm -hmm. the enemies are obviously going to get much harder they're going to be much much more of them so how is how do you guys combat that with the different things that the players will have available to them it's still still not completely finished Mm. so that's the thing so the combat system it's there yeah but it's not finished so i can pretty much talk about the things that we do have Mm. uh but you know further down the line when we get closer to release we're probably going to show more content and the players get to know a little bit more exactly what they can expect of the game yeah Uh, but as it sits today we one thing that we wanted is that we want to keep the main controls like the main gameplay really really simple and easy to grasp overall so we're still like you know going back and forth but there's a lot of games out there uh, you know when i play them i played a lot of devil may cry games and i really love them Mm. a lot there's so many combos it's like me this you know average joe kind of guy here i'm never gonna use all of those combos Mm -hmm. so it's like there's this mountain of combos and we actually talked about this quite early it's like does anybody here actually do all the combos like no no okay do you know anybody who does all the combos no no most of our friends and us we're just button mashers Mm -hmm. we just you know mash around and just hope that things go go well like devil may cry they added this auto system which was great so you can just go like this and he does all of the combos or you know so so that was great for us Mm -hmm. Uh, but we didn't want like a system that does combos for you yeah so we we decided like okay let's try to keep it simple Mm -hmm. and let's make the world the challenging place so you have like as a comparison because you don't get a stick but if you okay so you have this stick what can you do with the stick okay i can poke things okay how can we make poking things fun like what can you poke how can we challenge the player by poking (laughs) so to speak so that's kind of like the approach that we have it's like okay so you learn that if you push red buttons things happen okay and now you're in this scenario where you get to push red buttons but the buttons are moving mm. or the buttons are you know popping up or popping down like it's whack-a-mole with red buttons yeah that also doesn't happen in the game but it's a it kind of i just want a good comparison mm. like how do we approach gameplay because we don't want to give the player like 10 weapons yeah. like zero one two three four five six it's like here's one weapon mm. but how do we make this weapon like fun and how do we get the player to use the same weapon in different ways okay. and like with fewer buttons uh, gears of war is also a game that i absolutely adored when it came to some of the controls it's like you have the a button if you hold the a button you 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 run mm-hmm. and if you reach cover while sprinting you're holding a so you go automatically into cover yeah. but the a button also gets you into cover but if you don't 
don't have any cover, he does a combat roll. Mm. You know, so it's like, how many ways can you use the A button yeah. to get you know to get this situational thing and it's it's there's so many ways so you don't have to learn that okay to do a combat roll you have to press b and left and to, if you press a to go into cover and you have to press x to to crouch and you have to press y to 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 sprint mm. it's like you could easily have everything in gears of war on all the buttons but they managed to, to kind of think of of a really cool way and and you just get it there and that together with the active reload. I think the active reload uh, in Gears of War is also a, a stroke of absolute genius and something that I really look up to as a designer. It's like, wow, coming up with that thing like reloads in every game before Gears of War, as far as I know, it's like you press the button, it does a reload animation, yep. and that's that. So the music within the game itself, it is kind of, it plays off of how you approach your combat and your gameplay. Yeah. So... Yep. First off, that's got to be a very big hurdle from a development standpoint to line those elements up together. And then second off, how does that work within the game itself? All right. So we have the luxurious luxury of actually having an audio director. One of the founders of the studio is um, audio engineer. Oh, that's... That's very convenient, no. actually. <laughs> usually, it is. Yeah, usually people bring in composers. That works really well for you guys. Exactly. So that's like a thing. And we were like, all right, so what do we have that other studios don't? Mm. And it's like, okay, so we have a full-time audio director, mm. but he does a lot of programming and other stuff as well, because there's sometimes, you know, there's no audio be to be done right now. I don't think we can get like 6,000 development hours into audio. Mm. Um, it's not that kind of game. Yeah. But we do have a... a, a an audio engineer on the team that's super duper talented you can just check out the reviews of our previous games and everybody's like the sound and the music is so good mm -hmm. everything else is okay especially the graphics <laughs> you know I, I make graphics like thank, yeah. thanks guys well <laughs> at least i get to benefit as well from the good audio there you go. <laughs> so it's like okay so we have an audio engineer that can be with us from the start of the game mm -hmm. instead of just being like okay so we have this silent game yeah. we have this mute like you know i'm a kind of mime kind of game mm -hmm. and now we need somebody to put sounds on it you have three weeks go but we could actually uh, incorporate music into the game just uh, right off the bat and like you know from from the beginning and actually get a feel for it that's also something that we really needed for the horror aspect you know of our previous games like to get a feel for this dark corridor is it scary mm -hmm. well with this soundtrack it is not yeah but with this soundtrack it is scary <laughs> so we're still exploring all the different ways where we can you know get this um to where we can kind of incorporate this okay. but for example it's like when you're i have one example from combat yeah. it's like you have a soundtrack right and the soundtrack go you know it turns on you have this one layer kind of thing and uh, if you engage an enemy, if you start fighting an enemy, the second layer will come. And it'll be like this, like, you know, so it's like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then when, when you engage, it's like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And when the big creatures comes, comes in, like, you know, when they spawn the tank creatures, yeah. we have a, a, an additional layer okay. to make the music kind of go like super bombastic mm -hmm. while that creature is alive. Okay. And uh, if you disengage from combat for... A period of time kind of maybe to step back to kind of um, observe 
enemies sometimes you just want to take a step back and observe like what are they doing what are they pa their patterns yeah. and then it goes down into the first layer so it takes away the combat layer and the and the tank uh, well the tank layer is on if the tanks are there but it kind of like goes in layers okay. uh, when you press the pause menu mm. um the clown track is still playing but it has like a filter on top of it so it sounds like it comes out of a radio and it's super simplistic in in performance mm. so we really wanted that kind of feel you know to kind of accentuate that's just like in a movie okay. really where you know when the action hero is engaging you know it's always like this super hard rock it's like bam 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 and there's like this this bombastic music mm. and then the hero is out of ammo and you know he ducks and covers behind a behind a wall yeah. and you know that's when you do the um uh, like you, you kind of tone down the music okay. no drums only guitar and it's like yeah I think there's a uh, uh, there's like a really cool soundtrack. Okay. Yeah, oh, I can't really remember where it's from right now, but it's like you know you have this uh, middle part where it just goes down with maybe uh, you know just a little guitar riff, like being really quiet, mm. and then he finds a mag and he comes back up, and then you know it just unleashes again. Okay. So we kind of want to incorporate that feeling, you know, because audio is so important yeah. to to the experience like you're an action hero if you take a step back you know the of course in the movie you know you would have a kind of calmer soundtrack but when you know when you engage you want this super badass soundtrack. so the one thing that i can think of i'm not sure if you guys can touch on it yet at this point but mm -hmm. a release date or a release window is that something you can explore at this point or is that kind of you know it's it's too early you don't want to touch on it yet uh, it's too early for that. Mm. Um, don't don't want to touch that with a ten foot pole. No, it's not that bad. But uh, it's uh, that's gonna be a you know um, that's gonna be a matter of a later discussion. Gotcha. But we are going as soon as we have a, a release window, it will be announced. Okay. So you know it's not gonna be a secret. Gotcha. <laughs> and just what what platforms do you want to have this game on right now? I'm I did not actually look at this. I should have. Is it? It is controller compatible, correct? Or is it not yet? It's just PC controls right now. It's it's controller compatible. Okay. Uh, the demo that we had up like two years ago. Um, okay. Yeah, the, the first demo that we released was controller compatible. Gotcha. So uh, so it's going to be controller compatible. But as for the actual platforms, that's also something that uh, we're not going to be able to discuss today, but will be announced as soon as um, you know we can confirm. Okay. Uh, any any platforms at all as a side note for you guys now that steam mm -hmm. deck is out you know and it it makes steam games much more accessible to a lot of other players now so is that something that you guys have to think about when you're going through the final steps of this game you kind of want to push it towards that make sure it's compatible with that is that something in the back of your guys mind right now or since it's so early it just came out is it not really something you're focused on to us as developers, mm -hmm. the Steam Deck is a like it's a super super cool device, yeah. and it's uh, you know there it has a lot of cool features. Mm -hmm. And Absolute End of Gods just got you know Steam Deck certified okay. or what whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. So you know it is a console that a console. It is a a machine mm -hmm. that we really like. But as it's the um, same with all the platforms, um, you know, the Steam Deck is not something that I can discuss today. Yeah, I mean, for the Steam Deck, for me, it's super exciting just because, I mean, it gives so much more accessibility to players. And oh, absolutely, I've been yeah. hoping yeah. for Steam to make a console mm -hmm. for ages. And years ago, yeah. people would always say it's not, it doesn't make sense. It's just a PC. Yeah. Yeah. But 
and, yeah. and now we yeah. have the Steam Deck. So, I mean, I don't know. For me, it's, it's very yeah. exciting to see, and we'll see how that goes in the future. Uh, but something that I can absolutely share with you is my passion for all the platforms, mm-hmm. pretty much. Like, and not all the platforms, but the different ways of playing games. So, I have this experience. This is a little anecdote from way back when, when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. right? I went to a game shop, you know, yeah. just a little game shop, you know, before when they actually existed like you know some guy just or some person just owning a game shop selling games mm. like oh like pre-owned games and such and i i think i bought like my first computer games in that store and it came in a little box and you had a cd and it was the whole thing you brought it home on a friday and you played the little weekend and you know it came with a little poster and of course you hung that on your wall didn't really matter how shitty the poster was <laughs> didn't did, you know because uh, you know you didn't have posters yep. this was also before like online shopping yep. was a big thing um so you know you had to go to shops if you wanted to buy something online it was like a you know, it was like, you're going to get ripped off. Yep. They're going to steal your kidneys if you buy something online. It's like, yep. oh, no. But anyway, so I went into this shop, right? Mm. And this little guy, uh, uh, maybe a little, little guy, maybe eight years old, uh, came in and he, he was missing an arm. Okay. So he only had one arm. And he just went straight up to the PlayStation 3. It was when the PlayStation 3 launched okay. um, around there, I think. Uh, I might get I've gotten confused, but he puts the controller right on his on his knee yeah. and he starts playing the game with one hand. Okay, and it was just and to me that was just you know because I've only I'd only seen myself you know and some friends playing and, and that kind of was like holy shit this this is this is genius yeah. like you know I, I I thought I thought what you were doing right now I if I were were to think about it I thought it was impossible but this eight year old just did it mm. and, and that kind of like opened up my train of thought when it comes to playing the game kind of thing it's like okay so so you want to play this game with a controller mm. that's fine you can do that you want to play the keyboard yes that's fine and and that's why you know in our first game Unforgiving we really wanted Rebind Bookie but we just didn't we didn't have the time we didn't have the knowledge you know to actually start implementing those systems mm-hmm. and then we got a little bit further with Absolov and we did rebindable keys because I, I i knew that rebindable keys is important because i also have friends that are you know they're missing fingers from from accidents and such things so it's like super duper important yeah. with uh, that like it's not it's not like we don't have presets because it's like i don't know what you want yeah. but here's a way so you can customize it so you can get ex- it exactly as you want it okay. so as it is today we like i really you know with this project like it it feels like i finally finally have the the knowledge the technical know-how mm. to make some really cool controls like some some really good controls i hope i really hope like fingers crossed and everything so like with with um it's supposed to play well on pc Mm. but i'm also you know an avid controller user i love using controllers man for 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 everything and I really want the game to play well, like both with keyboard and controller, mm. because I love using mouse and keyboard, but I also love using controllers. So it's like, it has to work for both. Yeah. So in, in the game, we have mouse or the aim sensitivity, mm. like for the mouse. And it works completely different with stick and mouse. 
very differently like you know the input like the amount of input you put in and like you know it, it gives two very different results so if you're just like aim input it's impossible to kind of go back and forth with that so we have this thing where the controller has this value and the mouse has this value and now both should feel comfortable in the middle okay and now you as a player can push it back and forth if you want it but now you know it's not like if you use a controller and it's on 50 it's just horrible and unable to use you have to put it down to 10 yeah and uh, so there are like a lot of different things that we like to put in there and that's when i why i talked about sunset overdrive before because you know they have these invisible system that makes you as a player feel that you're always in control and, and that's just something that i really admire with like you know the people that made that game it's in insomniac games i love insomniac games they all, always make the coolest stuff but yeah so uh, you know, like you know with the controllers um you know you talked about the steam deck you talked about everything and and uh, that's something that i'm really passionate about mm. it's not that it works on keyboard yeah does it work on the controller does it work on the on, on like you know the devices that are out there like xbox controllers playstation controllers there, there's just so many controllers like i don't know i never use controllers yeah. so i wouldn't know and it's like does anybody on the team do that no we just have it and it works terribly and i hate that when i buy a game and i was like oh it has controller support and it's just terrible controller support. <laughs> it makes me upset and i was like i'm never gonna make a game like this i vow to make a well controllable game or whatever so at least we're doing our best yeah no absolutely <laughs> the only other thing really that i wanted to touch on that i actually just realized i forgot with yeah, your guys game the enemies are so unique can you kind of touch on some of the different ones players are going to run into or is it too early to talk about that how kind of how's that going to work i'd say that it's too early to talk about as it is today okay. but you are definitely going to see them you know in uh, in some trailers further down the line because gotcha. um we I, we put a lot of effort into them and uh, you know it, they're like it's just it's a third it's like, that's kind of my bad it's a third person game they're like this big on the screen but i kind of went all in with making them mm -hmm. like you know detailed so they have little teeth and eyelashes and stuff like that and like you never get to see that in game like in gameplay so uh, we gotta have to do some uh, cool cutscenes with them <laughs> to show them off. 